imagine that we can make a difference. I imagine that we can make a difference. I imagine that we can make a difference. We can crush hate, making love our religion. No justice, no peace. Hey guys, no welcome to Light Bringers Lounge. This is the very first episode ever. I tried to do the crowd effect there, but uh, I'm so excited to be doing this because I think I've always wanted to talk a bit more about my songs and why I write them and what I'm processing. And to be honest, it's one of those things that helped me write better when I sit down with someone or someone asks me why I wrote you know, a certain song or what a certain lyric means. It always kind of opens up my mind a little bit to my thought process and allows me to even express myself better. So I love this. This is this is my this is my thing. This is my jam and I'm super excited just to dive in with you and just discuss the songs over time. Today's just me and the reason why I'm doing that is I just wanna set the pace a little bit and and kind of give you guys a bit of a description of what the the podcast is going to be how it's going to go uh the length i'm not sure if if there's going to be a particular length to this but uh i just wanted to kind of give you a first experience and also kind of like a uh you know when you're on a plane and you know the flight attendant kind of shows you like you know where the toilets are yada 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 um i don't know i won't do that analogy but that's the analogy. <laughs> this is this is the starting point. Uh, but next month, I am going to be having special guests. I mean, one special guest per month. So starting next month, it's going to be one of those things where more interview style. There'll be parts where I just share about a song. But I also uh, will be reaching out to friends who remind me of songs that I am writing. Usually, when I write a song, I actually have someone in mind or someone that that pops into my mind whilst I write the song. Not necessarily as the inspiration for the song, but as someone that I feel like would identify with what I'm saying. So I'm going to be reaching out to some of those people and say, hey, like, look, when I was writing this song, I actually thought of you. And I just want to hear uh, your thoughts on the subject. And, and just also a further explanation is that I think of that person because sometimes that's, it's someone who is actually passionate about the subject I'm writing about or someone who's particularly doing stuff, activism, conversations, or just generally passionate about generally passionate about that subject. So the, I'm, I'm super excited just to engage with, with these friends. Some of them don't even know who they are. Some of you guys are listening right now. I'm going to be bothering you real soon. <laughs> and we're... We, We'll have a good time. Just hang out, have coffee, and talk about the songs and also just the subjects themselves. And so, yeah, so I'm going to dive into the first song right now and share a little bit about what the song is about. Before we begin, I just want to make a special shout out to the sponsors of this podcast, and that is John Chisholm and Carolyn Ventresca. Thank you so much, guys, for just being so generous with um, your belief in me and also with your funds just helping me to be able to do this podcast i really appreciate it i also appreciate everyone else who is uh part of the Lightbringers tribe you guys are 
awesome. You guys are amazing. Uh, I really appreciate the fact that you have, um, you believe in me, that you have decided to join me on this journey. I'm so blown away by you guys. Awesome. Let's begin. Today, the song we're doing is kind of like an, a weird experience for me, to be honest, because I've written the song over the period of maybe two, three years, and I'm still not super certain about where I'm taking the song. And so you guys have listened to the song that I sent out, Positivity in My Head, Pim, uh, which is kind of a, it's an upbeat song that has a lot of like kind of positive vibes like my imagination and i share a lot about what i'm imagining you know good things that i'm imagining and when i wrote the song i i wanted it to be that kind of statement almost like a mission statement for what i'm all about i i wanted a song that made it clear to people to myself that hey this is what i believe and this is what I'm believing for. This is what I'm fighting for. This is what my, I want my songs to fight for. And so I wrote Positivity in my head to do that. And, and you know, you listen to like the lyrics. The first verse is, I, uh, I imagine we can rise up together and make the earth much greener. We can save the weather. I imagine we can have conversation, manners, animosity because we are individual. I imagine... We can have equality, minus uh, no more insecurity, uh, make the world more beautiful. And so I touch on, you know, just the debates that are happening right now, like conversations that were happening. I touch on, you know, things like the environment, envir environmental activism and, and, and imagining, you know, us doing better with the environment. And, and I touch on. Uh, sexism and and us doing better and us improving you know when when like when it comes to how we treat women in society and i i that's definitely those are areas that i have felt confronted about a lot you know i i felt you know when i moved to the states and and a lot of it has to do with my relationship with courtney she she's always been more aware when it comes to the environment and when it comes to sexism as well, uh, I will share a story about sexism, which I think I think is is kind of is kind of funny, and it is it was kind of scary for me initially. I was like, oh man, I just messed this up. But anyways, what happened was we were at a young adults gathering and we're just hanging out, and I remember. We were talking about superheroes and, you know, everyone was engaged. And all of a sudden I said, a woman superhero will never sell. And I remember just silence in the room and everyone looked at Courtney and kind of like, you know, those moments when you make someone mad and there's a, a whole lot of people and then everyone kind of like walks out of the room and is like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you did that. You know, yes, you're in trouble now, <laughs> you know. And the first thing that came out of Courtney's mouth in that moment, she said, she was like, that's sexist. <laughs> and I was like, what? I'd never had anyone directly call me out for my sexism. And I, in my defense a little bit, I, I, I meant something. I was, it was more of a commentary on the movie industry but yeah like i kind of had a blasé attitude about it and and she confronted me about it and we, we ended up talking for hours about female superheroes about superheroes in general and it's such an awesome conversation and so that's something that 
that Courtney has, even after that, has confronted me about things that I would say, things that I would, you know, you know, assume and should correct that assumption. And and I felt like that was awesome. And even the environment, that's even something that I started learning about. And so as I improved and started to become passionate about like just generally all of us improving those areas because we all struggle with something you know when it comes to justice when it comes to you know the environment we i i feel like we all have a certain level of of growth but also we have a certain level of you know of kind of being flawed you know and and i think that's something that you have to accept that and be like hey like i'm flawed but i'm willing to grow and so this song is kind of like my imagination going like i i imagine us doing better at this and then the second verse goes i imagine we can have education free for the whole nation college made foundational i imagine we can bridge unity reach diversity make the world more colorful i imagine we can take down the system of mass incarceration uh freedom unconditional then then it kind of goes from the end and so this verse touches on a whole list of other subjects as subject as well uh, you know mainly racism and systemic racism and i i really i'm really passionate about that one as a black person who lives in the states where they there's a there are lots of issues with systemic racism and the world is waking up to it now. The world's waking up up to to the the history of of racism. Uh, there are a lot of people who didn't know what Juneteenth was. We just celebrated Juneteenth, and I did, I celebrated, or rather, that was my protest month. Uh, June, I did a song a day, of or rather, thirty days of sharing songs of freedom, and and. The conversations that I had with some people was like, hey, I had no idea what Juneteenth is. Like, what is that? Like, what, what's, what's that holiday? I've never heard of it in school. No one ever told us this. And, and it was so both pleasant to see people kind of embrace it and be excited about it. But also, it's kind of like frustrating to be like, oh, my gosh, so you didn't know this all your life? And, and this is such an important part of history. It, this is the, the day when all states were like, wow, this all black people are emancipated. You're free. You're free from slavery. You know, such a massive, massive day. But mainstream history just wiped it out, kind of. You know, like it did not, doesn't mention it a lot. And, and that's just something that I, I found frustrating. And it does speak to kind of the, the nature of systemic racism, which is that it creates, it's, a, it's you know, the society american society is is so big and large and powerful you know but at the same time it's structured in such a way that only uh white history looms large in that space you know black history or or native american history or uh or even like things like you know how the treatment of like asians you know in the states you know that history is kind of like or rather that history and the culture in America is looms so large that it makes no room for anything that's not itself. You know, it, it makes no room for anything else that's not 
that doesn't look or function the way that it, it functions, you know, and, and, and that's just something that I, I saw. And so that means stories and, and history is, is mainly based on the dominant culture. And so if you're in the dominant culture, you're not, you're not going to be aware of those things. You're not going to wake up and, and or rather you're not going to grow up being told about those things about the, like you know you'll be told of martin luther who's kind of like people white people love martin luther so much but there's so many other characters and so many other people and so many other stories some of them actually in my mind which are better examples of systemic racism and and how it works and how it functions there are books and there are so many tools that i found myself as i was learning of racism I found myself learning from. So I grew up, most of you guys know me, I grew up in Zimbabwe where we were colonized and, and the, the British were the rulers. And then there was a war and then we won that war. Then, you know, there was a treaty and a treaty and which freed Zimbabwe. And Zimbabwe became independent in 1980. And since then, we've been, we've been free right and the the my experience with racism has been very different because we first of all we are the majority and we are in a sense we we are the dominant culture you know as as zimbabweans even though we have so many cultures within the zimbabwean culture of shanas within debeles all these awesome cultures and so but we're together we are the dominant culture and and so my experience with racism is more person to person if like if you bump into a white person who who is prejudiced against black people that person would like say something would say something to you and then that confrontation happens in that moment and i could be like i'll call the cops on you you know and and you know and report this and you know that like the system in zimbabwe has that is is balanced in such a way that you know there's a way to deal with that form of racism you know even though you know some people will talk about where they felt powerless to deal with prejudice and but mainly we are the dominant culture so racism is a person to person situation when i moved to the states i i went i mean i moved to to doylestown pennsylvania i i one of the things that that I first experienced was just like an uncomfortableness. So you have a conversation with someone and they'll say something to you. And I'll be like, I felt uncomfortable with what they said and how they said it. And I didn't know that I was experiencing racism at, at that point because it's more subtle. It's more uh, passive aggressive. And also it's kind of like a thing, you know, in the you know, uh, northeast it's sarcasm, not sarcasm, passive aggressiveness is kind of a thing where you don't really know. It took me a while to know when someone was upset with me, you know, because that's just how sometimes conversations go. And But at the same time, racism kind of takes the same form in a way where I could not. I could not immediately pinpoint where the racism was, but I felt it. And and for a while, I I would feel it and or sometimes would experience moments where decisions were made where or a conversation would happen or someone would make a, uh, a suggestion that later on I, re I realized that 
I was experiencing systemic racism and and because the power the power of the dominant white culture is is something that has taken a form where it's it's the main culture it's what it is and so when you're experiencing it you're almost soaked in it you're you're drowning in it and if you're new to it you almost you can become confused by it because everything around you is saying you know this is the way it is and so it it kind of makes you feel crazy and so that's just something that over time I started reading books and talking about listening about racism, systemic racism at the, at the workplace, systemic racism in society, systemic racism uh, in, the ju- in the justice system. Seeing all those things, it, every conversation I had started to make sense or, or rather every conversation that I, I described to you guys that made me uncomfortable, that made me feel weird, that made me suspect racism, it started to make sense that I was experiencing racism. And it started to, to it, it was a rude awakening because when I moved here, I did not expect that to be the case, to be honest. And initially when the protest in 2016 took place, I, I kind of was blasé about it, to be honest. I was like, what's, what's going on? What's happening? I was, I, you know, I remember I even wrote a song uh, with, with a friend of mine where he was rapping called Baltimore. And to be honest, I didn't really resonate. Like, he said a lot of stuff that now going back, I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool what you said there. Like, but at the time, I was like, you know, just stop protesting. Why are they, like, destroying stuff? Why is this happening? And, and so, but a lot of it was I was, even though I was experiencing racism, I did not have an understanding of what racism here was like and and what the what's the nature of racism here and so it's something that that really woke me up and eventually that's all I saw to be honest because that's just how deep racism runs systemic racism runs in the United States it's that you know decision making moments or debates or times where someone doesn't agree with you and they have power over you and you'd see that okay this is this is a cultural issue and when you talk cultural issue me as a black person have no say in this situation and i think that's just something that i constantly felt and i constantly felt powerless to deal with that because i was black and i just didn't belong you know, I didn't feel like I belonged. I didn't feel like my culture belonged. And so that's something that that I I really became aware of and it helped me to understand and to empathize as well. Because I don't I don't experience I haven't experienced the fullness of a lot of the other situations that I described that happen in the workplaces in the justice system. I haven't experienced those, but they I began to be more empathetic and more understanding because I was experiencing that racism and I had been experiencing it the whole time. So, so to be honest, that second verse is really huge for me. And where I talk about, where I just talk about, you know, bridge unity, reach diversity and, and, you know, the concept of, of what's that like. And obviously you know, there are lots of conversations happening right now where it's like there needs to be, there needs to be, things need to be fixed. There needs to be a reckoning. There needs to be, hey, like, we, how can we pull down the system that is, that oppresses black people? And, and so a lot of people have, white people have, are so used to living a certain way and they describe it as their culture, but it's like your culture, in a sense, oppresses m- me, 
you know, it oppresses me. And so maybe part of the conversation is you need to examine your culture and actually honestly take a critical look at where what are things about my culture or like not just when it comes to traditions not just when it comes to celebrations but just how you like how your world does things how the 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 at the workplace how things that you promote and things that you talk about you know there's conversations about the Confederate flag. There are conversations about, you know, football team names, but also conversations we need to have is part of it is like it's like what are things that we do as society that black people look at and they go like this this oppresses me. This oppresses me and this actually causes me to feel like I have no place and causes me to feel like I, I have no belonging. And I think those are some of the conversations that need to to happen and that's that's something that I have friends that we have those conversations now and I have people that are engaging me with those conversations. But I'm super excited uh, with what's happening, the willingness to engage, the willingness to understand, the willingness or statues. That's another thing as well. Um, the willingness of people to say, hey, let's take down those statues. Those statues represent this. Uh, there's one story that is pretty crazy for me like the whipping post that just got taken down recently i can't remember which state it is um um i i can't remember the state but i'll i'll put some links up for you guys to to read some stories but it really shocked me shocked me the fact that the fact that that, that women posts have been there the whole time and people were comfortable with it. And I'm sure a lot of white people were comfortable with it. And so even though for black people, it's a reminder of a painful, embarrassing history. And, and, and so that's just something that, 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 that just shocked me that it was there the whole time. And a million other things, companies talking about changing certain product lines. Aunt Jemima, you know, it, a company going like, oh, now we know we're wrong. It's like, no, you knew you were wrong the whole time. But because it was such, it was the dominant culture and had never been properly challenged, it was just oppressing and oppressing and oppressing and oppressing. And and can you imagine if, you know, if stuff have, hadn't happened the way it is? I am super sad about George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, you know, Ahmaud Aubrey, Richard Brooks. Like, like I am super broken about the murders of these wonderful black people like and and i'm not and when i say wonderful i mean they were perfect i mean there were people there were you know god made those people wonderful people and and for me i'm sad about those deaths but what makes me even more sad is the fact that those deaths in a way had to happen for people to start waking up and people to start saying like, oh, now I see how my my product is 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 oppressing black people or is part of the systemic racism that they. Oh, now I see how our football team name, uh, Washington uh, Redskins, is oppressive to Native Americans. You know, and so it's sad that we reach that point. And so I think it's such an an example of the 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 invisible. Uh, noose that's that's tied around people's neck, black people's necks, around people of color snakes, around Native American snakes, and and the the thing that that chokes the life out of us, you know, it's those those cultural things. And and I I would say I worked at a church, and I'll say that I'll say this, like not to call out the church or call out anybody, but 
those things are there. And, and to be honest, a lot of people, white people in, in the church as a, as a whole are blind to it. They don't see it. They don't understand it. And I'm, I'm a bit worried that the church is a bit behind on that conversation or willingness to listen to how it's this massive culture that is so dominant, so powerful, and is moving so quickly that it has never really had time to stop and say, hey, are we part of the oppression of black people? And I'll say this. Uh, my answer is yes. Yes. And and I think that the conversation needs to happen. The 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 train needs to stop. The the bullet train needs to stop. No matter how fast it's moving, no matter how successful it's getting, no matter how powerful it's getting, it needs to stop and questions need to be asked. Genuine questions of what can we do? to actually fix the situation, like immediate change. You know, you're seeing all these companies making immediate changes, saying like immediately we're changing this, immediately we're changing that. Uh, My concern is I'm not seeing the same thing from the church. Um, And yeah, so this is, this is for me. This is something I'm really passionate about. And it goes into my, 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 I call it protest. The part where I break into the song and I kind of, when I wrote it, it just flowed out of me, to be honest. You know, you know, I imagine, you know, that we can make a difference and goes into no justice, no peace, which is such a, 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 a powerful statement that is uh, just inspiring so many people as they protest. And, and then I go into a number of things and I talk about you know, the police shootings. Like, I just want to live. I just want to be alive. I just want to be able to live a normal life and be the person that I'm meant to be. And, and, and then I dive into modern slavery and talk about mass incarceration, which is also in the second verse of the song, and, and how, you know, it's used to build industry. You know, Aunt Jemima. <laughs> like, I'll never get over, over that. That was just craziness. And, and then I, the last part of the song is what I feel the most is, how can I believe that the Lord is away when I'm in chains, when I'm oppressed in his name? I cry to my brother, but he looks the other way. And, and for me, that's been something that, as I pointed out, there are moments that I pointed out racism and, and called out racism, and I just did not get a response. I just did not get help, um, but rather I was more reprimanded for being more out front with my conversation on racism that I felt like for me to have space to be able to talk about race, to be able to write about race, to be able to engage with with anybody about race using my gifts and my skills, I had to kind of step away from situations that I was in to create more space. And so that's just something that uh, this is probably the first time I'm, I think I'm sharing it in a public setting but I feel like it's so important as, as my fellow light bringers for you to know where my heart is, to know where, where I'm going when it comes to this subject, to know that, you know, this is such an important time where we need to ask ourselves important questions. We need to ask ourselves, am, what am I doing? What are things that I have, I hold on dear and I've made them my culture, my, my, the way I live. This thing is so important. Don't you dare touch my, my one song or my one statue or my one whatever because it's my culture but it's like if your culture if your culture or the thing you consider to be your culture is the thing that is oppressing somebody else is putting the knee on someone else's neck what would you do to relieve them of that pain and so i'm gonna end there and 
on on that note and we'll we'll obviously dive deeper and be more i i don't know like more i don't know if we'll get more eloquent because <laughs> today i just felt like i just needed to share about where i'm coming from but i really i'm really excited to just be able to just dive into these songs and not every song specifically talks about race. I mean, a lot, a lot really do because that's where I'm at right now. But I'm going to be engaging with some of my friends who are doing some awesome things when it comes to activism, when it comes to just things that they're passionate about. And I'm super excited for next month. Hopefully the person that, uh, that I am thinking of says yes because I, th- I, think, I think that uh, she's awesome and is doing amazing work. And I'm going to be reaching out this week. And she probably knows who she is, just listening to it. But yeah, I'll, I'll be reaching out and we will, uh, hopefully, she'll be on that episode. If not, we'll work it out. But, you know, I, I really am excited for uh, for this and where it's going. And as my Patreons, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so, so much for your support. Like, this is a Patreon-only podcast. And I just want to thank you so much for just your support and you being there and 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 walking with me and and deciding hey this is worth investing in for us to walk together and to make this happen you know light bringers and bringing light to the world and i am so blown away by the fact that you believe in me and you believe in what we are about and i cannot wait to see what happens next i'll be putting out more songs and this project as we're going through healing the healing series you know, I feel like I'm doing things backwards. Some things I should have said at the beginning of the podcast, but I was I was kind of nervous. But yeah, but the healing series is coming up. We are going to be like, uh, or rather, we already we're in it. We're in the healing series, and there's more stuff coming up in the next. I think for the next year, I'm just going to be releasing songs, podcasts, video footage, all kind, anything I can just to dive into the subject of healing and that's that's just where i'm at right now and i i'm i'm excited that some of the songs will be going public in a month or so and but you guys get to listen to these songs first i want your feedback uh one of the things that i'm gonna put out a poll sometime next week about cutting you know the song that i just shared like short right so basically positivity in my head i i kind of feel like these two songs as much as they they talk about similar things, they share different spaces. I, w- I want that w- the, from the part where the song goes. I imagine that we can make a difference. I imagine like when it's repeating that, I feel like I need to almost separate that and create a totally different song uh, because where the song goes is so deep, and I feel like that so that by itself is enough. And so next week I'll be reaching out for a poll to hear what you guys think if I should do it or keep it. I value opinions and I feel like your your ideas will make my songs better. You know, I might not take every single idea, but a lot of times it will sharpen the ideas I already have or they will cause me to actually like change something and make the song better. So cool. So I'm gonna end it here and I'm you know I, I'm gonna come up with some sort of catchy thing at the end, uh, at some point. Uh, but this is the Lightbringers Room. Thank you so much for joining us. You don't want to hear about modern slavery. You tie sips and chills, so we build you in.